Acts chapter 9. We have, um, the last few weeks, we have been talking about um, the name of Jesus. And we have, uh, and really, and, and I'll share this again just for maybe if you hadn't been here with us, I really intended to do a series on uh, prayer. And, and, I, and I actually, I am doing a series on prayer. We, we're just starting with the name of Jesus. <clears throat> and, uh, and this has led me a little bit deeper than I really intended to go with it. I was just planning on really doing one or two weeks. And I think we're on our fourth or maybe I think our fourth week on this. And, uh, and I tell you, the more I study this, the more I'm realizing that uh, I had not, I did not know uh, what I needed to know about the name of Jesus. And that may sound funny, but, but man, the more I get into it, the more I dig into the scriptures and the more I, the more I look at what the word says and, and, and if you read it with an open eye and, and you know, you read it without... Uh, you know, without the concept or without the the thought of oh, I know that and I've read that and and you know and because for example, I, I mean, there's one scripture we're going to read that I that I have read and I have quoted I don't know how many times, and to be honest with you, I don't even know that I knew that the last three words or the last three or four words were in that verse, and the last three or four words and we'll get there eventually, but the last three or four words were in Jesus' name. And, you know, and I, I mean, I've, I've quoted that verse time and time again, and, and I've just totally overlooked that. We, we have made, and I've said this, you know, many times, and probably, re, you know, reviewing some here, but, but what, what has happened is we have made the phrase, in the name of Jesus, we've made it a catchphrase or a, a tag-on that we put at the end of a prayer, thinking that, that you know, if we just say these, these words, it's magically going to make our prayers good, or is magically going to do something to our prayers, when in reality, is not. You know, if you're just saying in Jesus' name without really understanding and knowing what, what you're saying and why you're saying it, you might as well say, in the name of my car. Because, that, you know, because that's about how, how much good it's doing you. I mean, and I know that sounds kind of harsh, but it's true. You know, we, we looked at last week, and see, this, this last week's sermon, I mean, it amazed me when I found that out, when I read, you know, because uh, you know, we went through the book of Acts last week, and we looked at, like, uh, reports of the New Testament church, the first early church. When the, when the early church, when it, and throughout the book of Acts, when it gave, when, when, you know, the Scripture gives a report of what was happening in the early church, you know, I, I mean, I had always, I, I don't, and like I said, I've read the New Testament through, I don't know how many times. And yet, you know, I read right over these scriptures and didn't see the importance that the early church put on the name of Jesus. Because every time that the, every time that the book of Acts gave a report of what the early church preached or taught or what was happening in the early church, it was always, you know, they, they taught the kingdom and the name of Jesus. You know, it was they taught this, they were healing, and they were doing this in the name of Jesus. And, you know, in everything they did, everything you see the early church doing, the emphasis was on the name of Jesus. And, and you know, and, and maybe, maybe you guys are quicker than me, and maybe you, maybe you picked up on that more than I did, but, but I missed that, you know. 
and, and I didn't realize the importance that the early church put on teaching about the name of Jesus and the power behind the name of Jesus. Uh, two weeks ago, I guess, we looked at, uh, or a couple weeks ago, we looked at like where, where the power came from in the name of Jesus. And I encourage you, you can go out to Facebook and, and look at these videos or you can look, go on our website and, and look at the, uh, download the audio versions of them. But, you know, we, we saw that, that Jesus got his power, the, the, name, the name of Jesus really was empowered after Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, and, and, and took and offered his blood as a sacrifice in, in the heavenly holy of holies. That's when the Bible says that, that he inherited the name, the power of that name. That's when God gave him the, the name above every name was when he went to heaven. Because you realize when you read through the Gospels, there's only two places that I can find, and there, there may be more. I, I, mean, I may be missing a couple, but, but the best I can find, there's two places in, the, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know, in the story of Jesus in his life when he, when he walked here on the earth, there were two places where people actually ministered in the name of Jesus while he was alive. We looked at one of them last week. Uh, I, I believe we looked at one of them last week where, uh, where he sent the, or we talked about it, where he sent the 70 disciples out. He sent the 70 disciples out, and, and when they came back, the report was, that they were amazed, they were shocked, they were, you know, they, they talked about, you know, we can't believe this. I mean, and, and they made this statement. They said, they said, even the devils obey us in your name. So the 70 disciples went out and they used the name of Jesus in their ministry. And then the other account was in like Mark chapter 9, I believe it is. Well, let's just turn over there. Hold your place here in Acts. But Mark chapter 9... Because this is, I mean, this is a real interesting, uh, interesting scripture. Because you know, so many times we hear this, we hear this this phrase, or we hear this uh, uh, excuse. Really, is what it is. People say, "Well, but that was the disciples." You know, the disciples, uh, you know, the disciples had power that we don't have. And and when the last disciple went away, the power went away. And you know, and there's no more power and stuff like that. Well, this this scripture kind of blows that out of the water. Uh, one of many that does that. But, but look at Mark chapter 9, verse 38. Mark chapter 9, verse 38. It says, Now John answered him, saying, Teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us. Or in other words, what John was saying is this random guy out there on the streets that's not, that's not one of your disciples. He's not in, he's not in the in crowd. You know, John's like, he's not one of us. He says, I saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name. And John said, we forbade him because he does not follow us. So what John said was this. This is funny. John said, John said we're walking down the street and this guy's casting a demon out. And we said, stop that. You're not, you're not one of us. You can't do that. But this guy was casting out demons using the name of Jesus. And it must have been working because John told him to stop. John said, stop casting out demons in Jesus' name. We use that name. You can't have it. And when he said that to Jesus, look what Jesus said in verse 39. Jesus said this. Jesus said, do not forbid him. For no one who works a miracle in my name can soon after speak evil of me. 
So what that tells us was this. Whoever this guy was, a random guy on the street, we don't know who he was. I mean, you know, we have no idea who he was. John just said, and there's one other, I think Luke gives the same account, but they don't mention who it is. It just said, we saw someone do this. Um, This guy had faith in the name of Jesus. He believed in Jesus. You know, he may not have been one of the followers. He may not have been one of the 12 disciples or or followed them around, uh, you know, like like people were doing. But yet, the Bible, John, or Jesus said, don't forbid him. He says, if he's doing this, that what really what Jesus was saying was this. If he's, if he's doing this, if he's doing it in my name, then he's one of our followers. You know, it's basically what he's saying. Just because he doesn't look like you, just because he don't act like you, just because he's not identical to you, doesn't mean that he's not one of my followers. Amen, Pastor. That's a good word. Because you know what? So many times... Here's, here's the way we do this. Oh, well, they're not part of our church. They're not part of our group. Yeah. Oh, that's that, that's that other group over there. That's that church. You know. And, and we think that because they're not just like us, or because, and here's a big one, just because they don't believe like us, that they can't, they can't really be doing God's work. Jesus said, Jesus said, look, don't, you know, I mean, basically, I mean, I, and I, I'm putting words in his mouth here, but, but really what he's saying is this, you know, guys, you know, you worry about you and let me take care of them. Just because they're not part of your group, don't bash them, don't talk about them, don't run them down. You keep doing what I told you to do. And then, and, you know, because, because when I stand before God, I'm not going to have to give an account for the church down the street. I'm not going to have to give an account for, for somebody else's family. I'll, I'll stand and give an account for my family and what I've done, right? So Jesus, you know, so these are the only two, the two accounts that I can find in the New Testament. Um, of, and, and there is, and of course in Acts chapter 9, or in Acts uh, chapter 4, I think it is, the seven sons of Sceva, where this group of, this group of priests, uh, they were demonic priests, they weren't uh, godly priests, but they, they saw Paul casting out demons in the name of Jesus, and they, got a, they went after this guy that was demon-possessed, and, and they said, you know, we adjure you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. You know, and the, and the demon spoke back to them and said, said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? You know, so in other words, they did not have a relationship with Jesus, so that name meant nothing to them. You know, it's all about your relationship, right? I mean, so... So the, the power came after Jesus was resurrected. We have these two accounts before he was, but Jesus had given them authority. He gave the 70 authority to, to go out and do these things. This random guy here in Acts, or Mark chapter 9, this random person, you know, we don't know anything about him other than the fact that he believed in Jesus, and when he used the name of Jesus, it was working. So the great news for us is this, is that if you believe in the name of Jesus, it'll work. If you have a relationship with him, you don't have to be a you don't have to be a, a big name to get it to work for you. You just have to be a someone. Amen. Who's a someone in here? You got any someones? I mean, in other words, if you're just if you're just being you and you believe in Jesus, it'll work. The name of Jesus. Amen. So let's turn back over to Acts chapter nine, and uh, and what I want to do today. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, let's let's look at Acts chapter nine. We'll start there. What I want to do today is this. Uh, after I read this, this is a, 
I want to go a different direction with this right quick. But then we're going to we're going to turn to the epistles. We're going to turn to First Corinthians and and into the epistles, Ephesians, Colossians, and then on deeper into the New Testament. And we're going to look at uh, kind of like we did last week about just taking a journey, seeing how they used the name of Jesus. We looked at last week. We looked at how the early church used the name of Jesus. This week, I want to show you about seven or eight scriptures of how uh, the, the writings of the apostles, how they said they used the name of Jesus. And this, here again, I want to say this. I'll tell you this. Some of this surprised me, the way they used the name of Jesus. I mean, I, you know, I, I have known this stuff, but it hadn't really clicked until really I was looking at it, seeing how the early church used the name of Jesus and, and the power that was behind it. Because there is power in the name. Amen. So look in Acts chapter 9. Now this is the story. This, this was just an interesting passage as I was reading. This is the story of Paul, or actually Saul, when he, when he was on the road to Damascus. And he was going to, to arrest Christians. Right? He was going to persecute Christians. He had the encounter. He had the, the bright light shone, knocked him off his donkey, you know, and it blinded him for three days. Uh, God spoke to him and told him to go to this house in town. His people took him there. He's in this house. Then God speaks to a prophet and tells this prophet to go pray for, to pray for Saul. And this prophet starts having this discussion with with God about who this is and asking, really, God, are you sure that you want to do this? You know, you don't know what this guy's done. Like God didn't know that, but you know. So here in verse thirteen, Acts chapter nine, verse thirteen. Um, you know, in well, verse 11, we'll just look at that. Verse 11, um, God is speaking to Ananias, this prophet, and he says, uh, or this is actually, this is actually, he's speaking to, to, yeah, he's speaking to Ananias here. And he says, so the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. So then Ananias answered, verse 13, Ananias answered and said, Lord, I have heard from many about this man. <laughs> you know, how much harm he's done to your saints in Jerusalem. What Ananias was saying is, God, are you sure? You know, I, a lot of people have told me about this guy and you want me to go looking for him and pray for him? You know, this guy has killed people. This guy has done a lot of bad things. God, are you sure this is what you want? Look at God's response in verse, 13, or for, verse 14. He says, uh, this is Ananias is still talking. He says, or, he, says, he says, you know, I've got many reports about what he's done. He says, and here he, here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, verse 15, the Lord said to Ananias, Go. For he is a chosen vessel. Now listen to this next phrase. He is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name. God told Ananias that Saul of Tarsus, who, who was a persecutor of the church, he said he is chosen. I have chosen him to bear my name. That's an interesting statement. And he goes on and says, he, he says, I have chosen him to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. So isn't that something that God calls people 
to bear his name. The first one that really he called, the first account we have of this, was Saul, who later changed his name to Paul and wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. But he called him, he called him to, to bear his name. Can I, can I interject this to you this morning and, and, um, and encourage you with this? He's called each one of you to bear his name too. We all, if you are a believer in Jesus, if you believe in him, you bear his name. Just like, just like Paul bared his name. God called him to bear his name. We all bear the name of Jesus. Now the question is, what are we doing with it? How much, how much uh, authority or how much stock do we put in the fact that we bear the name of Jesus? And what does that, what does that mean, if anything, to you? Do you care that you bear his name? Should you care that you bear his name? Well, hopefully some of what we're going to look at today uh, will answer that question, okay? So let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Now we're going to be turning to quite a few scriptures today, and I, I'm just going to, so I'm going to be reading, you know, just I'm picking out some scriptures here, but, but you can go back and read the context. I'll try, to, I'll try to tell you the context of this as we read these scriptures. But here in 1 Corinthians, you remember now Paul wrote the book of, he wrote this letter to the Corinthians, <coughs> um, the, the people at Corinth were an interesting people. They, they, were, very, uh, they were very religious. They had, they had many gods, you know, and they were, the, the, the area was very religious. And they, they had a lot of trouble. The first and second Corinthians, man, it, it is really letters that Paul wrote to correct the church at Corinth. At Corinth. And as a matter of fact, you're going to find a couple, a couple of them here will see that he has to, Paul has to, correct some pretty serious things in these in these two books but but notice here as as Paul is correcting them and as he is speaking to them about some things I want you to see how he uses the name of Jesus and the the power and the authority that he uses that name in here in first uh, Corinthians chapter 1 and we'll just look at verse 2 and then verse 10 verse 2 says this he says to the church of God which is at Corinth to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. So Paul said this is not only to the, basically he was saying this is not only to Corinth, but this is to everybody that calls on the name of Jesus. So since we call on the name of Jesus to be saved, Paul could be writing this to destiny. I mean, that, you know, you could take that to mean that. Now, verse 10, he says this. He says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, notice that. He said, I plead with you by the name. Other translations, I think maybe the message and, and other ones say this, by the authority of that name. You know, he says, So I'm pleading to you by the authority or with the authority of the name of Jesus Christ that you, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So Paul said, I'm, he said, I'm speaking, he said, what I'm getting ready to, to address, he said, I'm speaking this in the authority of the name of Jesus. So Paul must have, he must have recognized and, and understood that when he spoke in Jesus' name, it carried some weight. 
And he said, I, as I'm writing this to the church, he said, I'm wanting you to be of one. He said, in the name of Jesus, the authority in the name of Jesus, I want you to be of one mind, of one heart, of, of one judgment. He said, let's look at this. Basically, we could say it like this. Let's look at this the way Jesus would look at this, is what he was saying. By the authority and the power of the name of Jesus. Now, turn over to chapter 5. And I want to show you just two instances, and we could, you know, you could pick a lot more. But what I'm, what I'm going to, what we're going to look at today is, is just the emphasis on the name, okay, the name of Jesus. So all of these passages are going to have to do with the name of Jesus throughout the epistles here. So verse four, he says this. He says in uh, this is chapter five, verse four, First Corinthians five, verse four. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here he's. Here he's saying that again. He said, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there again, some other passages say, in the authority of that name. Always realize that, that when he talks about in the name, he's talking about the power and the authority that we have, not only to use it, but the power and authority behind it. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of all-encompassing there. He says, but in the name of our Lord Jesus, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here he says that. He says, in the name of Jesus, when you're gathered together, know that the power of Jesus is there. But now he's getting ready to, he's getting ready to say a big statement here. He says this. He says, deliver, verse 5, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of our Lord Jesus. Now, if you read the, the verses up above that, basically what he was addressing was this. There was a man that took his husband's wife to be his wife i mean it was you know i mean it was like incest basically is what what was happening here he took you know so this man was committing uh, adultery and incest in the church and he was part of the church paul said paul was talking about in the name of jesus he says he says you know and paul talked a lot about in corinthians about the uh the judgment of the church or the the uh not the judgment the um What's the word I'm looking for? How to, how to deal with problems. You know, how to, when somebody does something wrong, how does the church deal with that? You know, Paul addresses that in here. And, and here he said this. He said, by the power of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, and that power that comes with it, he says, you, you are to turn him over and let, let what happens happen to him because, because he hasn't repented. The good news is this. You turn to 2 Corinthians, we find out that this very person repented and Paul told the church, now take him back in because he repented and, and repented and changed his mind, changed his heart. Now, now accept him as one who is forgiven. Because that's a pretty bold statement there. Turn this person over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that his spirit will be saved. Well, the good news is it worked because in 2 Corinthians, we see Paul saying, now receive this guy back as one of you. I mean, that's pretty, pretty impressive there. Um, you know, so here, but Paul, I want you to notice, especially verse 4, he just says, In the name of our Lord Jesus, when you gather together, along with my spirit, with the power of the Lord Jesus. So when we say the name of Jesus, his power comes along with it. Amen? Now turn over to chapter 6. Chapter 6, verse 9. <clears throat> chapter 6, verse 9, he says this. And, and like we said, now we could read, I could read a whole lot more scripture here, but... But, you know, I'm picking some out just for, for our points here. Paul was talking about, in chapter 6, he was talking about suing, uh, like having something against another brother and, and suing a, another Christian and stuff like this. And he was, you know, talking about all this. Verse 9, he goes down and he says this, Do you not know 
that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. But then look at verse number 11, and he says this, And such were some of you, but you were washed. Now listen to what he says. You were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So Paul said that in the name of Jesus, we are washed, we are sanctified, and we are justified. In the name of Jesus. You see, so, so, when we, so when we just tack on in the name of Jesus at the end of a prayer, you see how much we're missing in this? Paul said that in the name of Jesus, by the authority of that and the power of that, we are washed, we're justified, and we're sanctified. Paul said, you know, he, said, he listed that list of things, of people. He said, none of these people will inherit the kingdom because it's all unrighteousness and stuff. And he says, and some of you were like that, but now you're not because, because now you believe in the name. You've trusted the name of Jesus. And what did that do? What did trusting in Jesus get for you? It washed you, it sanctified you, and it justified you. So in other words, we could say it, you know, we could say it like this. Actually, the, the Passion Translation says it like this. Uh, it says, you're washed, sanctified, and justified all because of the power of the name of the Lord Jesus the Messiah. All because of the power of the name of Jesus. We've been washed, justified, and sanctified. That's pretty good, isn't it? Now, we can, I can spend a long time talking about that, but, but I want to move on and look. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5. Now, listen, if, I, if, if, if you're hungry for that and you want to find out more, dig into the Scriptures and... and Read the scriptures around it. See what he says. Dig into it and find out, you know, dig into it for yourself and find out what those scriptures say to you by yourself, right? Acts chapter, I mean, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Ephesians 5, verse 18. He says this. Once again, this is Paul talking to the church at Ephesus now. The other one was at Corinth. Now he's talking to Ephesus, the church here. And he says this. Paul says, Do not be drunk with wine, in which is... Uh, dispensation, or, or the King James uses uh, debauchery, I think, or something like that. And it says, but be filled with the Spirit. That word be filled is actually a play on words, and in the original Greek, it says to keep being filled. Be being filled. So being filled with the Spirit is a continual thing. It's not just a one-time thing. He says, you know, don't, don't give in to, to the lust of the flesh with doing lustful things and and the stuff that the flesh wants. But he says, but be being filled with the Spirit. Now, what will that get you? Why did he say that? Look at verse 19. He tells us what be being filled with the Spirit will look like. He says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and make me making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, look at verse 20. This is interesting. He says, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul said this, when you give thanks for everything in your life, you should do it in the name of Jesus. And some of you are just looking back at me with a blank stare. 
and, and, and maybe, maybe, you know, maybe you already knew that. Or maybe maybe that, what, this is not a revelation to you. But, you know, but listen, this is amazing to me that Paul said, even, even when we give thanks, we, we are to do it in the name of Jesus. So it's not as much as just saying, God, I thank you. We should be saying, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. God, I give thanks to you in, in Jesus' name. Why? I mean, why is it important? Why is it important that we give thanks in the name of Jesus? Well, we look at what Jesus did. We look at what, and, and, and we look at what the power, when it says that he, that he inherited that name, um, is it Philippians that says it's the name above every name? That at the name of Jesus, Philippians 2, verses 9 and 10, I think at the name of Jesus, every knee in heaven and on earth and under the earth will bow. So see, when we're giving thanks, in, thanks to our Father in the name of Jesus, we are using that power and that authority to give thanks back to our Father. Wow. I mean, man, I mean, this, you know, so it's not, listen, and, I, and I keep, I'm going to keep hammering this point home today. It's not just something to tack on at the end of your prayer. It's something that we use every single, every single moment of our life. We use the power and the authority in the name of Jesus. Because we, we're actually, Katie said something earlier in prayer this morning that, that was really good, that, that she was talking about how that, that in the name of Jesus, that the middle of that in the original language was the, the symbol for man that we are actually, man is actually in the middle of the name of Jesus. So it's not just that we use his name, it's actually that we are in his name. That we're, we're literally, you and I, as men and women of God, we, we have, when we believe on him, God actually puts us in Jesus. Think about that. And when we use that name, we're, you know, think about Acts, chap, Acts chapter 3. When, when Peter and John went to the gate beautiful, and that lame man was laying there. I know we've looked at this, but, but when that lame man was laying there, and Peter looked at him and said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give you. Well, what did he have? He had the name of Jesus. Why? Because he was in him. So he reached down and he said, In the name of Jesus, walk. Be healed. And he jerked him up and that man was healed. P Peter knew, you know, just, just a short time after Jesus went to the cross, and was resurrected, he knew the power of that name. And here, even in the writings, Paul in his writings, he says, everything you do, he says, as you give thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the, the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So, so we are in everything we do, all the, all the praising that we do, we're to do it in the name of Jesus. Turn to Colossians chapter 3. I put these in order for you, so you should be able to find them. Just turn to the next book or two. Now, boy, now this is a big one here. And I think we, we may have already looked at this scripture a few weeks back, but, but this, was, this is a big one. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, it says this. Colossians three sixteen, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That's the same thing he said back there in Ephesians, right? When you're filled with the Spirit, you'll be, you'll be singing, or you'll be saying psalms and hymns and singing spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. 
And remember in Ephesians it told us as we give thanks to the Lord, we do it in the name of Jesus. But then in verse 17, notice what he said to the church here at Colossae. He said this. He says, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving... Now, here he repeats this thing. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Exactly the same thing he said in Ephesians. When we give thanks to the Father, we do it in the name of Jesus. But here he added... Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, just think about this. We, we read that scripture in Acts where, where Paul, or God told Ananias that he had chosen Saul, or, or, you know, we call him, I mean, he changed his name to Paul, but he had chosen him to bear his name. Let me just ask you this question. If you... If you if you had to bear his name on the outside of your body, in other words, like if you were, you know, if there was a, you know, like a spiritual tattoo or something, that when you became a Christian, Jesus got put right across your forehead, you know, and you couldn't hide it. Jesus, you, you, you bore his name. Would it change the way you act if everybody could see that? And everybody knew that you bore His name, that you, that you had given your life to Jesus. Would it change the way you talk? Would it change the places you go? Would it change the things, the things that, that, that you did simply because you had the name on the outside of your head or something? I asked that question, what does it look like to bear His name? What, you know, does it, change, does it change you? Do you think differently because now... Now you realize that you bear the name of Jesus. Does that make a difference to you? It should. Because everywhere you go, you are being a testimony for either for Him or against Him. And in everything we do, listen, He said this, in everything you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when you give thanks, do it through Him. Amen. Now look at this in 2 Thessalonians. Now this is a this kind of bears right along with this. The next book over, 2 Thessalonians. Skip over first and get to second. And then uh, 2 Thessalonians 1 verses 11 and 12, this bears this goes right with just what I was saying here. Y'all okay? Am I giving you too many scriptures? I mean, am I overwhelming you? I'm just we're just taking a walk through the epistles, taking a walk through the the New Testament seeing how they looked at the name of Jesus and how they used the name of Jesus. So here Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica. And in 2 Thessalonians, this is his second letter that he wrote to them. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, he says this. He says, Therefore we, always, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling. Now, in the first part of chapter 1, he, he's talking about the final judgment and what's going to happen in the final judgment and things like that. In, in the first part of this book, he's answering a question about the final judgment that they, that they asked him. So he gets to the end of that. He talks about judgment, about the end of time, and, and then he comes here. He says, so I, we pray for you always that our God would count you worthy of this calling and would fulfill all the good pleasure of His goodness 
and the work of faith with power. Now, it's interesting that he talked about judgment, but then here he said, my prayer is that God fulfill everything, his goodness and his love and, and all the work of faith with power. He fulfill that in you. He finds you worthy of that calling. And that he fulfill all of his goodness and the work uh, of faith with power. Look at verse 12. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. That the name of Jesus be glorified in what you do. And you in Him. That you would be glorified in Him. According to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, let's look at that from the uh, message translation, Joshua. Just verse 12, if you would. Verse 12 from the message. Um, Actually, put it in verse 11 if you, if you could. Let me, I'll pull it up on my... I didn't write it down. <clears throat> Let's see, Second Thessalonians 1 from the message. He says this in verse 11. He says, Because we know that this extraordinary day is just ahead, we pray for you all the time. We pray that our God will make you fit for what He's called you to be. I pray that He'll fill you, He'll fill your good ideas and acts of faith with His own energy so that it all amounts to something. Now listen to this. If your life honors the name of Jesus, He will honor you. Hmm. If your life honors the name of Jesus, He will honor you. Isn't that something? And he goes on to say this. He says, uh, Grace is behind and through all of this. Our God giving Himself freely, the Master, Jesus Christ, giving Himself freely. So here, you know, the King James just said that, th that the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in Him. And the message says that that when, when you glorify His name, he, or when you honor His name, He honors you. The Passion Translation puts it this way. Let's look at the Passion Translation. And the Passion Translation says this, With this in mind, we constantly pray that our God will empower you to live worthy of all that He has invited you to experience. And we pray that by His power, all the pleasures of goodness... And all the works inspired by faith would fill you completely. Now listen to this. By doing this, the name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified in you, and you will be glorified in Him by the marvelous grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So see, you and I, we, it, it's, you know, part of what we're called to do is to, is to glorify the name of Jesus. Is to, you know, we have been marked by His name. And all of our words, all of our deeds, everything we do should bring glory to His name. And wouldn't it, wouldn't it make sense that when we bring glory to His name, that He is glorified? It has nothing to do with us. It's the grace of God. It's the grace that empowers us to, to glorify His name. And when His name is glorified, we are glorified in Him. It's not glorified out by ourselves. No, we just make Him look good. 
Amen. Man, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I hope you're getting this, but I, I think this is good. Look at Hebrews chapter 13. The next, just turn over a couple books here. Hebrews 13. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Hebrews 13, 15. Now, this is another one here that, I mean, we, we quote the Scripture all the time. You know, and we talk about it all the time. But we leave out a lot of times. I very seldom, I, I was thinking back if I'd ever heard anybody really say this, but very seldom do the last three or four words of this get quoted. Hebrews thirteen fifteen. We all know this Scripture. It says, Let us therefore, or therefore by Him, let us continually... Offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips. We say that all the time. Let us, let us offer the sacrifice of praise through our lips. But then look at the last four words. Giving thanks, last five words. Giving thanks to His name. Let us give the sacrifice of praise through our lips. What's the sacrifice of praise? Giving thanks to His name. Giving thanks in the name of Jesus. You see how much, you see the, the writings of these guys that wrote the New Testament and how much emphasis they put on the name of Jesus. The sacrifice of praise through our lips. You know, yeah, we quote that, but then the rest of it is giving praise to His name. The next one, John chapter five, or James chapter 5. Now, like I said, we could stop and, I mean, we could talk about these for a long time, but I'm just, I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to just show you all these, and you can, you can come back and study these and look at them. This is another one here. I mean, John chapter, or James chapter 5, excuse me, verse 13. This is one we quote all the time, too. Very well known. Many of you, probably most of you could quote this. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Verse 14, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. You know, and, and most of the time we stop right there. You know, is anyone sick? Let them let pray. Let the elders come, lay hands on them, anoint them with oil. But did you see the last four or five words there? Let them anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. So whether we're giving thanks, whether we're, you know, whether we're, uh, you know, just doing our day-to-day -day walk, whatever we're doing, whether we're praying for the sick, whether we're, you know, whatever it is we're doing, we should be doing it in the name of Jesus. So is anyone sick? Let him call the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Look at 1 John chapter 2. I'm almost through. 1 John chapter 2. And there's probably more in here. These are just some of the ones that, that, that as I was reading through, um, you know, I, I, I thought that was important and that, that we could pull something out of. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 12. 1 John 2, 12. <clears throat> he says this. He says, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for His name's sake. Now, that's interesting. So your sins are forgiven for His name's sake. 
So for the, because of Jesus, for Jesus' name, because of Jesus' name, our sins are forgiven us. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for His name's sake. Um, and look at the Amplified says this. The Amplified says, I'm writing to you, little children, because for His name's sake your sins are forgiven, pardoned through His name, and on account of confessing His name. So when you confess His name, and, and well, I mean, think about that. How do we get born again? Right? We get born again by believing and, and confessing that Jesus is Lord. That Jesus lived and He died. He died on the cross. He rose again. And when we confess Him as Lord, when we say His name and believe in the name of Jesus, believe what He did for us, we confess Him. We, we believe what He did for us. What happens? Our sins are washed. We become sanctified. We become justified. Our sins are washed away. But why? Because we confess His name. Mm. I'm enjoying this. Amen. First uh, John three, verse twenty three. Man, this this is a good journey. First John three twenty three. It says this, and this is His commandment. <clears throat> so John said, "This is His commandment. This is what He commands us: that we should believe on the name of His Son Jesus Christ." and love one another as He gave us commandment. Now, a lot of times we talk on the, the love part, you know, that Jesus commanded us to love our, you know, our, our neighbors, love them and, and love other people. But, but here He said that His commandment is also that we believe on the name of His Son, Jesus. Now, you know, I don't know... I, 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 tried, to, I tried to remember, and I, I couldn't really... I couldn't really remember many people teaching on the name of Jesus, um, you know, at length. I mean, that I've heard. Now, I'm sure there's been many, many people that have done that. Um, but, you know, it's interesting that, that, like, John uses his language that his commandment is that we believe on the name of the Lord Jesus. He didn't say that you believe in Jesus. You know, most of the time when we get people, when we're leading people in salvation or we're praying, we tell them they got to believe in Jesus. And which, you know, and, and I, know I'm, I'm, I know I'm cutting hairs here and I'm, you know, talking semantics or whatever you want to say, but, but John said that we believe on the name of His Son, Jesus. Now, why, why would he say to believe on the name? Because really, here's, here's the, the summary of this, and, and to me it makes sense this way. Because everything He is is in His name. He is His name. He inherited that name. God gave Him that name. He got that name because He whipped Satan's tail in hell. Amen. He got that name. He got it by conquest, right? He, he, after He was resurrected, He came back and He said, he said I've got the, the keys to death, hell, and the grave. So see, when we believe in that name, what we're saying, we're saying the same thing. We believe in Jesus but we believe on that name because that name is the name that God gave him after all of that was accomplished. And when you believe on the name of, of the Lord Jesus, you're believing in everything he did, everything that he is. His name, Paul, Paul and I were talking uh, the other day. He was telling me about this, that he heard somebody say it this way, that, that his name is his reputation. 
His reputation is encompassed in His name. In other words, everything He is, is His name. And here, that's what John's saying. John said, this is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of, of, the son, of His Son, Jesus Christ. Then uh, John 5, you're right there in John 3, John, 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. And he says, he says this again. He said, these things, 1 John 5, 13, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. So he says, I'm writing this to those who, he says, I'm writing to those who believe, in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may continue to believe in His name. So this morning, listen, we, we took a journey through through the New Testament. We took a journey through from, from Acts. You know, we read that first one in Acts, but then we looked at Corinthians and then through the epistles and, and uh, you know, Thessalonians and, and First John. And, and, you know, so many different authors, many different, and in the book of James, we looked at, you know, three or four different people that wrote the New Testament, and all of them put an emphasis on the name of Jesus. What I want you to get out of this today as we close this morning is just simply this. Don't overlook that name. Don't let it be just a tagline. Don't let it be just, you know, oh, just in the name of Jesus. No, when you say His name, you know that there's power behind it. You know that when you say the name of Jesus, all heaven, all earth, and everything below the earth bows at that name. And He's given you the power and the authority to use it. You are, you are actually in Him. And if you're in Him, that means you're in His name. So when you say the name of Jesus, when you believe on the name of Jesus, when you give thanks to the Father in the name of Jesus, when you realize your sins are forgiven for His name's sake, all these scriptures we read, you pray for the sick and not them at all in the name of Jesus. You offer the sacrifice of praise, giving thanks with your lips, your, you know, through, the, through your lips, giving thanks through His name. Everything you do in word or deed, do it in the name of Jesus. Why? Because you and I are marked by His name. And when we glorify His name by our words and our deeds, the scripture says that He glorifies us. He is glorified and we're glorified in Him. So, see, the name of Jesus is more than just three little words, four little words at the end of a prayer. Amen? There's power in it. And when you speak, just like, just like in worship, at the end of worship, I had that picture of that lion roaring and, and, and you know, just, just letting out a, a roar of praise and those walls falling. That's what happens when, when the name of Jesus is uttered out of your lips. Listen, demons tremble at that name. They don't, listen, demons, are, they could care less about you. They're not interested in you. But when you use the name of Jesus, guess what? They have to obey you. They have no choice. The name, the name is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that He is Lord. You know, we, we read the Scripture in, in Matthew 28, Mark 16, the great, the great Commission, or Mark 18, the Great Commission, where Jesus said, These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, 
and he lists four or five things that will happen there. They'll cast out devils. They'll drink any deadly thing, and it won't hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick, and, and they shall recover in his name. And we, you, you and me, we have the authority to use that name. We are in that name. That name is in us. We bear the mark of His name. We, you, did you hear me? You bear His name. So let's make sure, let's make sure that we are bearing His name well. Well, Pastor, you, you know, you don't, you don't understand. You don't know the, the situation I'm in. His name's greater than that situation. You don't understand the pain I'm in. His name's greater than the pain. You don't understand what, what so-and-so did to me. His name's greater than anything anybody could ever say or do. You see, you're in His name. See yourself in His name. See yourself in Him. Because in Him is greater than anything you'll ever face. So be encouraged knowing that that name has all the power you'll ever need. It's not just the ending of a prayer. It's good for every part of your life. Everything you will ever face, the name of Jesus will take care of it. Belief in His name. Believing in the name of Jesus. Believing on the name of Jesus. You believe on the name to get saved. You believe in the name to live. Amen. Let's bow our heads just for a moment. Father, I thank You. For the word this morning, I thank you for the scriptures, Lord, that we looked at. I thank you, Father. Um, Lord, my prayer is just that that it, that it goes off in everybody that hears this like it went off in me, Lord. That, that when we read your word, when we see your word, and we see those, those, those uh, words in the name of Jesus, in his name, that we realize that that, that is powerful. And that it's important that we understand the name of Jesus. I pray that we all get a revelation of that. I pray, Father, that every person here, that as they hear this, that the name of Jesus just washes over them. That that, that revelation just becomes real to them. If there's one here today that doesn't know you, that's never believed on that name, may today be that day. If there's people here that have, have ran from that name because of fear or, or worry, Lord, may today be the day that they run back to the Father, that they run back to Your name, Jesus. I thank You for that. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just real quick, is there anyone here today that would say, Pastor, I don't know, I don't know that name. I don't, I've never trusted in that name. I've never made Him my Savior. But today, I really, I want that power. I want that ability to believe in that name. Would anybody here say that, that, that you would like to give your life to Jesus today? I want to give you just a second. I never, never want to miss an opportunity for somebody that, that doesn't know Jesus to, to, to be introduced to Him for the first time. It's the great, be the greatest day of your life. Anybody at all? Or you might say, uh, Pastor, you know, I'm a believer, but, but I just need to get things right. I need to come back home today. I need to, to get things right in my heart with Him. And I just I want you to pray for me. Anybody on that invitation? Just let me see your hand. Anybody at all? Well, let's stand to our feet. I don't see any hands. I'm going to believe that, that we're all saved, born again. We're on our way to, 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 to uh, see Him and to know Him more in our daily lives. I encourage you today, listen, I encourage you today, as you leave, put faith in that name. Everything you do, put faith in the name of Jesus. 
Speak it with boldness. Speak it with confidence, knowing that, that it's in the name of Jesus that all things are possible to you. Amen? That in, in the name of Jesus, you can overcome whatever it is that you're facing today. It's in His name. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer, if you would like, anybody would like prayer, I'll invite you to come down and station. I'd love to be able to pray with you, anybody at all, before we, before we uh, dismiss this morning. <clears throat> it's not a, that's not something we do. We don't take that lightly, but we want to make sure that, that if you need prayer, we, we want to be here to pray for you and uh, encourage you. We do have, if you were not able to be with us last week, we do have some more Mother's Day gifts over here. So if you are a mother and you weren't here, you can come see Stacy. She'll give you uh, uh, your Mother's Day gift from last week. So with that, God bless you guys. Uh, yes, Brother Lonnie Hilton will be here Wednesday. We've got youth and the women tonight. We've got the men tomorrow night. Uh, and then Lonnie Hilton on Wednesday night. So we got a lot going on. Next weekend, uh, you know, just come back prepared, ready, ready for a great service as well. We love you guys. God bless you. You're dismissed.